This is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey's unbeaten start to the season was just seconds away from being surrendered on Saturday. Collins steps up, five-step run and scores. Sends Norris the wrong way. But this team just doesn't go down without a fight. Colby Bishop rescued the Blues a point with 95 minutes on the clock. So many men in the middle, there's got to be a crossing from here. Low to the near post, helped on in the middle, and into the net! And this time Bishop won't miss! And Portsmouth will get the point they deserve at Pride Park! A goal the Pompey striker was extremely proud to score for personal reasons too. I was at Derby Academy from 7 to 15 and I was obviously a Forest fan the whole way through so been here many a time and I've always thought I'd like to score and done it back to back, it's, it's nice. We'll hear the post-match assessment of the Blues striker as well as head coach John Messino before seven. It's a brilliant point considering the circumstances but it feels like a win at the minute but then as we settle down I think it's going to feel like uh, two points drop because uh, I think the amount of chances that we had in the second half in particular. Not just a win for the Pompey men this weekend but after last weekend's disappointing defeat to Hashtag United the Pompey women were on course to respond to that loss and respond they did. Another emphatic victory for Jay Sadler's side who we'll hear from before the close of tonight's show. thought we were aggressive on the press I thought we nullified any counter-attacking opportunities Chatham had and because of that we gained a lot of territory and, and then when the spaces opened and we exploited them. We're also keen to hear what you've got to say tonight as well Blues fans 81400 is our text number start your messages with the word express you can email sport at expressfm.com include at expressfm on twitter visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey live or download the new expressfm app you can send us a message on there and even a voice note as well. You join us here on this Monday night, 6 o'clock. It's the perfect place to be for your football fix, your Pompey fix. And this evening, we've got a reaction to Saturday's one-all draw between Pompey and Derby County. And, of course, a preview of tomorrow's trip to Oakwell as well. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome one and all to 93.7 Express FM to the latest edition of the Football Hour brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can view live timetables. You can prepay for your tickets as well. You can also view the latest news in your area in regards to service disruption as well. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for even more information on the services they can provide to you. So on the way tonight, plenty to come. 
between now and the Soft Rock Show at 7 o'clock. You've got myself, Jake Smith, two more Pompey voices on the way as well. Of course, John Messino, his post-match thoughts from Saturday's model draw with Derby County at Pride Park. We'll hear from the hero of the day, Colby Bishop, popping up with a goal in the 95th minute to save Pompey's unbeaten start to the new league campaign. That point on Saturday also extending the Blues' unbeaten run in league fixtures, even carrying over from last season to 18 matches, which of course extends that club record. We'll also hear from Jay Sadler, head coach of the Pompey women, after a fantastic victory for them on Sunday afternoon away at Chatham Town. And we also want to hear from you tonight, Pompey fans as well. Get in touch. Do you think... Joe Morrell should come straight back into John Messino's side tomorrow evening for the trip to Barnsley. He returns from suspension. Or do you actually believe that Alex Robertson deserves to retain his place in that starting grid? Do you also think Tino Andurin should make uh, his starting debut for Pompey away at Barnsley? And do you think the Blues will go top of the League One table? A victory at Oakwell tomorrow. We'll see John Messino's side head to the summit of the Skybet League One standings. But before we get to any of that and before we welcome on tonight's guests, let's remind ourselves of how it went down at Pride Park on Saturday afternoon. Everything we do is passionately pompy. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway, and they're looking in behind, and Washington is in behind, and the flag stays down, and Washington's cross, it's going to be a chance for Horan, off the bar, and behind for a goal kick. Good ball forward from Derby, Paul Chopsy with a missed kick, and Washington in the box, and Washington with a great chance, and he opted to square it for Waghorn, and Swanson's read it brilliantly, and intercepted, but now Swanson's given it away, Baldo has gone behind for a Portsmouth goal kick. Here comes the corner. Whips again, low to the near post, again it's poor, but it falls nicely for Portsmouth, White to hit it, Bishop deflects it straight to the goalkeeper. Was it heading in? I think it might have been heading wide, but... Robertson's hit one from the edge of the box, deflects into the penalty area, and then side-footed wide. Good chance for Shocknessy, and he can't find the back of the net, still 0-0. Here comes the corner towards the far post, decent delivery, Derby win the first header, loose in the six-yard box, not forced home yet, not cleared away yet, now it is. That's a good ball from Barkhaven. Has that hit Paul's hand? The referee says yes. And giving a penalty kick to Derby. How can he judge that? Collins steps up, five-step run and scores. Sends Norris the wrong way. And Derby County take the lead with just four and a half minutes. Plus stoppage time remaining. Derby one, Ports of nil. Pompey trying to come forward. Ogilvy onto the left-hand side to Sparks. And Ogilvy suddenly free. Derby want a free kick, they're not going to get one. Ogilvy stood up to the far post. Bishop's header! Oh, he's missed! What a chance! He heads it down into the ground. It bounces over the bar. If that's on target, it's in the back of the net and talks with the level, but they, it, it wasn't and they're not. Pack uses his shoulder to control it, not his hand as the Derby fans hope for. And White, there's so many men in the middle, there's got to be a crossing from here. Low to the near post, helped on in the middle! to the net and this time Bishop won't miss inside the six yard box Bishop atones a minute after a glorious opportunity and Portsmouth will get the point they deserve at Pride Park Derby won Portsmouth won and the long clearance sees the end to the game and a few boos around from some of the Derby supporters 
be away fan celebrating like it's a victory. It's a late, late equaliser from Colby Bishop that's got Portsmouth the point here. Full time here at Pride Park, Derby County 1, Portsmouth 1. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there from Saturday's Waddle draw between Derby County and Pompey at Pride Park, retaining the Blues' unbeaten start to this League One campaign. Let's go over some of the other results from across the division at the weekend. Then Barnsley, tomorrow's opponents, of course, for Pompey at Oakwell. 2 0 winners over Burton Albion. Exeter City secured a 1 0 victory over Cheltenham Town. Fleetwood Town uh, continued very really poor start to the campaign with a 3-0 defeat at home to Oxford United Lincoln City and Carlisle United shared a one-all draw at Stinsall Bank as did Peterborough and Leighton Orient at London Road Port Vale 1-0 winners over Northampton Town Reading with a comeback victory at home to Bolton Wanderers two goals to one there Shrewsbury Town defeated by two goals to nil at home to Bristol Rovers Stevenage and Charlton locked with a one-all draw at the Lamex Wigan Athletic 2 Cambridge United 1 and finally, Wickham Wanderers 2, Blackpool 0, which has uh, quite some repercussions for the League One standings after seven or eight games, depending on, of course, who you support. Pompey have played seven matches. They play their eighth tomorrow evening after the game with Barnsley. Scheduled originally for September the 9th, was postponed due to international call-ups within the Blues squad. So Pompey, uh, they've actually moved down a place to sixth after Barnsley were victorious at the weekend and Pompey could only pick up a point. Both of the Sides uh, are locked on 13 points. Barnsley have a goal difference of plus nine, whereas Pompey plus seven. At the top of the tree, Exeter City return to the summit. Eight games played, 16 points on the board. Port Vale are second. They have secured five wins, one draw from seven matches. Only one defeat this campaign. That actually came on the opening day, losing 7-0 to Barnsley themselves. Oxford United are in third with 15 points, as are Stevenage 15 points, but in fourth. Down at the bottom, we have Fleetwood Town rooted to the spot of the foot of the table. They have only one point from their seven games this season, as do Cheltenham Town only have one point um, after seven matches, one draw and six defeats for both of those sides. However, Cheltenham Town, second bottom, but they haven't scored a goal in the league this campaign. Zero scored, Nine conceded. Burton Albion and Reading join both of those sides in the drop zone as things stand. Wigan Athletic, of course, with their eight points deducted this season. They are just outside of the uh, drop zone on goal difference. Right, let's welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation. Plenty to get through between now and seven o'clock. First and foremost, uh, a return for Mr Andy Mitchmore for the first time this campaign. Andy, delighted to have you back, my friend. Hello, Jake. Nice to be here. Yeah, how are you keeping, buddy? Yes, not very, no, not very well. Very well, thank you very much, Andy. Um, a great result for Pompey on Saturday. Then, Andy, could you take it that way? Is it a great result given the circumstances? Going a goal behind with just four minutes of the game remaining, or were you expecting maybe greedily a bit more than a point at Pride Park? Yeah, I was going to pick you up on your wording there in terms of a great <laughs> result. I think if you'd offered me that in the 94th minute, I mean, I probably would have snapped your hand off. <laughs> yeah. I think a point a point away at Pride Park at the end of this season is going to look good. But having watched the game, obviously, you always want a little bit more. But I mean, if you look at the teams that we expect to be up there at the end of the season, mm. we're above most of them in the table. Yep. So anyone who thought that Exeter, Port Vale and Stevenage were going to be in the top four at this point, mm. and we're just below that. So yeah, not panicking. 
happy with the result, happier with the performance, to be honest with you, which I think is the main thing. Yeah, certainly a point away at Derby County. Um, on, on the balance of things, looks like a very good result, but we'll go over um, potentially why the Blues could have come away from Derbyshire with more than just a draw at the weekend. Also alongside myself and Andy this evening, Brendan Tertiet. Brendan, great to have you on the show, mate. Thank you very much for calling in tonight. No, thanks for having me, mate. Um, it's uh, it's good to be back on the show, and um, yeah, it's um. Good to speak to you again, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, the, the positivity does continue, Brendan. It is a point for Pompey away at Derby on Saturday. Three victories and four draws, zero defeats so far in the league for the Blues this season. Ten goals scored, three conceded. They are in sixth position, uh, unbeaten this campaign, unbeaten in 18 consecutive league matches, stretching as far back as last season. Brendan, were you... Were you impressed with the point on Saturday or do you agree with Andy that actually maybe John Messino's side, while I'm sure would have taken a point in the 94th minute, would actually be frustrated but didn't come away of all three? Yeah, I, I, I was slightly disappointed over, overall with it because I thought we, we, we mainly dominated over over, over Derby County. Um, <clears throat> a few shots we've had, like Paddy Lane just cutting in and just going past the post and uh, Gavin White shot on the edge of the box, keeper saved, sort of threw a crowd, deflected off a bish. But, yeah, I thought overall we should, we deserve the three points. But, yeah, if, if you give me a point even before kickoff, I would have taken a point away at Derby because obviously they're a team that's yeah. looking to be at the top of the table like we are ourselves. We're going to go through the events of the game at Pryor Park on Saturday in just a few moments' time. We all know the scoreline now. We all know how it played out, but we'll dive deeper into exactly the timeline of events from the weekend. But let's get some post-match reaction now. The man with the magic hat, Colby Bishop, has spoke after the game with Andy Moon. Colby, did you think that, that game had gone at the end? No, I think we just said in there, like, it just feel, like this year it just feels like we have a belief. It doesn't feel like we're ever beaten, unfortunately. I mean, I don't, I've not watched it back, but it looked like a harsh penalty decision. Um, and I thought we was the better team throughout the game. So I think it's, it's unfortunate when that happens, decisions go against you. And we didn't give up and we... We got our reward in the end. Talk us through the goal because it was a cross that took a deflection. I actually still don't know what's happened. I don't, actually don't know what's happened. I just know the ball's come in. I don't know who put it back across, but I just felt like I needed to get a touch on it and it, it went in. You grew up supporting Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Did you dream of scoring goals at, at Derby in, in the 94th minute? Yeah, obviously. I was, I was at Derby Academy from like 7 to 15 and I was obviously a Forest fan the whole way through, so been here many a time and I've always thought I'd like to score and done it back to back. It's, it's nice. And you mentioned... The point was the least deserved today. Yeah, I think I think we look very good again. I think the last two games, I think we're playing some lovely football when it, it seems like it's clicking. And um, I think, yeah, only up from here. Uh, yeah, how do you make sure you can turn that sort of domination in, into goals? Because that's what you, you couldn't do at times today. So, sometimes it's just the break, break of the ball. Sometimes it's better decisions or a bit less sloppiness. Um, but like I said, like it's one of them. If sometimes you shoot, like me in the first half, it deflects and it goes in. It's it's one of them things. But. We're going to have games like that. We have to break teams down and, yeah, we need to be better in those moments. The manager talked about another battering you got today. How, how tough has it been, was it, physically today and how is it at yeah. time? Well, I, listen, I know I give it out. I'm not saying that I don't want to seem like a victim. Just, it, I just want the same as what's given to other people. That's all, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. It's tough, though, for, for sure. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I think the refs always say to you that the defenders get the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time, so... Unfortunately, that's the boat we're in, and I've, I've got to get on with it. How do you make yourself physically resilient for it, though? Not, not, not oh, mentally, but physically resilient oh, I'm, for it. I'm just used to it. Man. I'm used to it. I'm sure if you ask the defenders, though, like, they're getting the same things off me, so I'm, I'm not moaning about defenders. The game's the game, 
um, yeah, I just hope it was a bit more equal on decisions. How pleasing is it, the team, that after a yeah, decent but unspectacular start to the season, feel like they're, they're finding something? Yeah, I think we we know. Obviously, some people, you guys don't see what's behind the scenes. We we know we've got a good good team this year. Um, we're still young, but the mentality in there um, is brilliant, and I think we're, we're going to do well. And how pleasing is it to have that mentality? Yeah, so like I say, young it's hard to find nowadays and a lot of young people, so I feel like we've got such good characters in there, down-to-earth people who work hard every day, and you can count on which is the main thing. Just lastly, wins against top sides have not been something that flowed for Pompey recently, but another chance on Tuesday night. Yeah, definitely, but, I mean, you look back on this at the end of the season, you go, you've gone to Derby and got a point. I know it's frustrating we didn't get the free, but it's not the worst outcome, is it? Not the worst outcome, given the context of the game. Andy Mitchmore, Brendan Tutty, alongside myself, Jake Smith, here on the Football Hour this evening. Um, Andy, we, we spoke about the context of the game. Let's go through, first of all, you know, the, the goals from Saturday, the most important aspects of that match at Pride Park. James Collins had put Derby County ahead with 86 minutes on the clock. The referee, Rebecca Welch, had deemed Regan Paul to have handballed uh, inside of Pompey's defensive area. First and foremost, Andy, seeing that back, was it a definite penalty or do you think that Regan Paul will be harshly done by in that one? What do you reckon? I thought watching it live from behind the goal, it was one of the worst decisions I had ever seen. Uh, Upon watching the replay and seeing it slowed down, I have some more understanding as to why the referee has given that. I think you can certainly feel a bit hard done by if you're Regan Paul there because it's bounced up off his thigh. Mm. I don't really know where his hand's meant to go when he's going into that sort of block tackle position. It's not it's not as if he stood up and his arms, you know, above head height. He's kind of sliding in to try and block the ball yeah. and your arms naturally go up in that position. So I'm not sure what he's meant to do. Is... But having seen it back slow down, you know, yeah. because his hands are, they look raised, I can see why she gave the penalty mm. more than I could when I saw it live. Yeah. I would still be quite annoyed if I was him, to be honest with you. But... Yeah, absolutely. And I think what, what the one of the most frustrating things from that, um, Brendan, was the speed in which it was delivered in from the right. Tom Barkhouse and undoubtedly make an impact after coming on as a sub in that game. Um, but it, it did come in with, with quite some speed. It, it deflected off the Derby County striker up onto Regan Paul's hand. It all happened within a click of a finger so, so quickly. And whilst, as, as Andy alludes to quite correctly, it does hit his arm in an unnatural position, the speed in which it happens, does Regan Paul have any time to react? Is it an unnatural position, given the way it deflected up to him? And, and is this just a case of really how strict officials are are beginning to be this season? Because look, in, in the Premier League, with VAR, that's, that's given us a penalty. There's no denying that at all. Yeah, it is. In, in the Premier League with VAR, that that, that is a red card. Oh, not a red card. That's a Ooh, penalty. <laughs> red card. <laughs> <laughs> bit too far. But yeah, it is, unfortunately, you, you put your arms up in the air nowadays and, you know, a, a penalty is given. Um, obviously, it's a split second. He hasn't got time to put his arms down. Um, I don't think the, uh, the referee maybe could have told if it was Regan's style or if it was the striker's style. Mm. You know, even seeing the replay back, I thought, unfortunately, he's been done there. You know, being our sort of highest performing player in the team, I'd say this season, no, the one that's come in and adapted really well. Mm. 
um, yeah, unfortunately, there's there's nothing he can do about it, and um, it is a penalty at the end of the day. Well, there you go. That is that then. Right. We'll be heading into a very quick break now here on the Footblower, but when we come back, we'll gather more reaction from Saturday and hear John Bassino's verdict too. The Blues head coach was not very happy with the officiating at Pride Park. Colby just got mauled again. It's just some of the things that we see uh, week in, week out on, on Colby are, are just absolutely ridiculous. One foul in particular in the first half, so I really, really struggled to comprehend uh, some of those decisions, and Obviously, the penalty changed the game. Um, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't particularly see Derby scoring apart from that. More from the Moose and more on that topic when the Footblower returns in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour, ninety-three point seven, Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi Five, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day, these new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi Five. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back. You join us here for part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, the only radio station proud to be passionately Pompey seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. You join us here on the show, sponsored by Stagecoach Across for Self, supporting another season of the Football Hour here on Express FM. You can download their app from the Apple, Apple app or Google Play Store or visit stagecoachbus.com. So you join myself alongside Brendan Tutty and Andy Mitchmore right the way through until 7 o'clock this evening. We're going to be diving into Saturday's one-all draw between Pompey and Derby County later on previewing their trip to Barnsley tomorrow night as well. We'll also hear from Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler after an emphatic victory for them over Chatham Town on Sunday afternoon. But first of all, right back to the reaction from the weekend then and Pompey's one-all draw with Derby County. Linda Mail has got in touch on the emails tonight. Thank you very much, Linda. Great to hear from you. She says, to lose a goal in the 86th minute on Saturday would have probably meant a loss for us last season that late into the game. So, to get a draw was a good result. And also, stretch the unbeaten league run to 18 games. What would we have achieved if there weren't so many draws in this run? Hopefully, we can turn these draws into wins, but we need to keep the squad free from injuries. And again, this season, we still seem to be plagued by these. Let's hope our players who are injured are not long-term. Rafferty or Swanson developing into a battle for first-team place, a headache for John Mussina. Thank you very much, Linda, for getting in touch there. Um, and you know, quite rightfully... Andy, Linda mentions they're really wanting to turn these draws into victory. That is now 18 unbeaten for Pompey. Over half of those matches have been stalemates. On the flip side of that, John Bassino has assembled this team to be very hard to beat. And as Linda alludes to, they've really got that, that kind of right mentality now. Whereas on Saturday, a goal behind to Derby County, they turned things around. They fought to for now until the very dying embers of that game to get a result out of it. And it's not the first time we've seen that this season. The Blues have gone behind on plenty of occasions. You go back to a fortnight ago against Peterborough at Fratton Park, 1-0 down, turn that around into a 3-1 victory. The point being, yeah. this Pompey team has got the complete reverse psychology of any other team we've seen really over the past two or three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even even in the stand when we had the header that just it bounced over the bar in sort of the ninety fourth minute, and I turned to Amy next to me and said, "Yeah, that's that's it. That was the yeah. chance." 
and I think a lot of people would have felt the same around us. So it was, yeah, it was that never say die attitude that maybe I didn't have quite enough of watching the game. But um, I mean, yeah, you can say it'd be nice to turn some more of these draws into wins. Absolutely. I, on paper, I probably wouldn't put Derby away in that category if you don't think mm. about what the game was like in reality. But I mean, if you look at the ratio of of wins and draws to games played this season, obviously we're not going to go invincible. I mean, never... be crazy, but obviously we're not going to go invincible. <laughs> you never know, Andy. But... You never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll you can uh, you can quote me if I'm wrong, but um, if if you keep up that sort of ratio we've got at the moment, you end up on I think it's what 23 times three, it'd be 69 plus. So you end up on 92 points mm-hmm. um, with the win draw ratio we've got going at the moment. Obviously, that won't be the case, but you are going to be up there, there or about, just by, just by avoiding defeat like this. Yeah. Um, obviously, you do want to turn some more of them into wins because you aren't going to go undefeated, I believe. <laughs> you don't think so. You never know. I will quote that at the end of the campaign, though, Andy, when Pompey have gone unbeaten. You never know. You never know. Um, Brendan, Andy mentioned there, of course, you know, talking about turning um, points into victories and the way that, of course, these points will be crucial at the end of the campaign, however it finishes, whether it's securing Pompey automatic promotion, the League One title, or indeed just sneaking into the playoffs. Regardless, every point really does count. But also, it's not just a point for Pompey, Brendan. It's it's two points taken away from, from Derby County. These are expected to be up there at the end of the campaign. You don't know how the season will pan out. It could be a, bat- a battle between Pompey and Derby at the end of the season for insert place number here. And, and those two points taken away from Derby County could be absolutely pivotal. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's always the way, you know, the, they always say you need to beat the teams around you. Um, and also you've got to beat the teams at the bottom of the table. You know, that draw with Cheltenham might be a, uh, could become to a, a, a big point at the end of the season. But yeah, definitely always for trying to beat the teams around you is getting you two points further away from them or two points closer to them. At, at, at the end of the season as well, isn't it? Or even three points mm-hmm. close to the end of the season. So um, hopefully, you know, we, we, we will turn our fortunes around and get uh, score uh, a few more goals than what we have been recently. Yeah. So a lot of draws like uh, Stevenage and Cheltenham and X are just like the one goals, mm-hmm. if, if not any goal. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to see us bury a few more. Let's get to um, the equaliser from Saturday then, Andy. You said you were at Pride Park, weren't you? Hello? Sorry, Jake. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> you were at Pride Park. You're not here, but you're at Pride Park. Um, you, um, yeah, you're at Pride Park. Colby Bishop, 95th minute. Um, I, I was sat in the press box, pretty much opposite from where that away end was. Just under 3,000 Pompey fans make up a trip up to Derbyshire for that game. And I'll tell you what, Andy, the the scenes, the chaos that unfolded in that away end looked like one of the one of the biggest set of lins I've seen in a very long time. I get the pleasure of watching them unfold, but very, very jealous of yourselves being actually in that situation. That must have felt phenomenal as a supporter to see Colby Bishop stick that one in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a broken shoulder at the moment, so I was trying to dodge all the heavy <laughs> limbs. But uh, yeah, it was with that last minute equaliser or the last minute winner away. There's not much like it. I mean, especially with the the. I mean, it's gone a, a bit on social media, hasn't it? Some of the Derby fans. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think many of them really watched the game, to be honest <laughs> with you. They were sort of stood side on, just trying to make eye contact and, and, and call people out um, and pouting for 90 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, with that all going on, it made the, the equaliser even more satisfying. And yeah. when we turned around, they, they seemed to have gone, which was very strange. But, um, yeah, I think the whole... There was sort of a, 
a load of factors that contributed to the level of satisfaction there. Mm. The fact it was Colby Bishop, which obviously is unpopular with them. Yeah. The stick we'd been getting throughout the game from, I don't even know, I've never seen so much Stone Island, to be honest with you. And <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice moment. And the, yeah. the limbs were definitely up there from the from the fast, uh, past few seasons. Yeah. Colby Bishop bagging his fourth league goal of the campaign then to give Pompey that one-all draw away at Derby County. Um, on Saturday afternoon, Brendan, before we hear the post-match thoughts of John Musino, Colby Bishop, as Andy's alluded to there, um, we heard from him just before the break about how he came through the Derby County Academy. He's a Nottingham Forest fan. We know he scored at Pride Park last season to put Pompey a goal ahead at the time in the first half. This time, very, very sweet, not only for, for the purpose of getting Pompey a point and, and, and you know, really providing those limbs in that away end on Saturday for for him on a personal perspective to to give that to the Derby County fans and you saw it in his celebration as well. He he didn't care, did he? Didn't didn't care what they thought. He was he was at it. He was he was excited for that. Definitely, yeah. It's just like last year as well. I remember when he scored at the away game last year, and obviously the limbs jumped up in the first half, completely against the runner play, and uh, and yeah, doing the uh, the Robin Hood bow and arrow to the uh, to the home fans. As uh, the icing on the cake and brought a big <laughs> smile to my face because I can imagine, yeah. you know, you dream of ourselves here scoring at St. Fairies down the road, you know, <laughs> as a kid, you think, how great would that have been, you know? And yeah, yeah living it living it through him is, is brilliant. Mm. Well, that, that lot down the road, quiet pretty much from minute one to 90. Derby County fans, give credit to them. At times, they were quite loud on Saturday afternoon, but it was Colby Bishop in the 95th minute, the dying embers of the game, silencing the Rams to give Pompey that waddle draw at Pride Park. Right, let's hear now from Blues head coach John Messino. After the final whistle at Pride Park, Andy Moon asked for his assessment of the match. Um, you know, it's a brilliant point considering the circumstances, but uh, it feels a bit like, it feels like a win at the minute, but then as we settle down, I think it's going to feel like uh, two points dropped because uh, I think the amount of chances that we had in the second half in particular and I thought the way we played in the second half again, we, we didn't start the game brilliantly well, but the way we played in the second half, I thought we, we fully deserved to um, win the game, uh, to be honest. I, I can't remember Derby having too many chances or Will being tested. Um, I was furious with uh, the penalty and the general standard of refereeing. Um, but, yeah, really, really proud that the boys got back into it, showed the belief to get back into it. Fully, fully, fully deserved, I thought. And, yeah, the only downside of the game is that we didn't come away with three points. Have you had a clear view of the penalty or a look back at the replay? Yeah, we've seen the replay. So what happens is the, the, the cross comes in, Regan goes to block it, it comes off his thigh and hits his arm. Um, unless I've got something wrong, if the ball comes off uh, the ball comes off your thigh and hits your arm, then it's, it's certainly not a penalty. It, otherwise, he's, he's got to cut his arms off. I don't know what else he can do. Uh, so I, I thought at the time it was incredibly harsh. Uh, I've seen the replay. I think it's incredibly harsh. And, and to be honest, I was just baffled all afternoon by some of the decisions. Uh, any others in particular that stood out? Yeah, so um, I think Conor Horahan uh, drags Alex Robertson back very early on in the first half. Um, uh, booking, definite booking. Um, Tyrese Fauna is just a red card. I don't know which way you want to see it. Um, you know, Rebecca's booked Marlon Pack early on for a very, very similar challenge. Um, Tyrese Fauna doesn't get booked for some bizarre reason. And lo and behold, Derby take him off at half-time because they know he should have been sent off. It's a telltale sign. I'd have done the same. Uh, it changes the, the game, obviously. And then the other bizarre one was, was Aaron Cashin. Um, drags Alex Robertson down. Robert gets booked because he asked for the yellow card. Absolutely fine, but for some reason, um, Cashin isn't booked. Uh, I also thought Colby just got mauled again. It's just some of the things that we see uh, week in, week out on, on Colby are, are just absolutely ridiculous. One foul in particular in the first half. So um, I don't want to 
Uh, I say I don't want to. I've just ranted on about the referee for for a minute. I, I thought that was, you know, was re I really, really struggled to comprehend uh, some of those decisions. And, and obviously, the penalty changed the game. Um, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't particularly see Derby scoring apart from that. Colby obviously comes up with the good a minute after he's missed a glorious chance. You must have thought the moment had gone at that point. Yeah, I think Terry missed the. Did Terry, Terry? Yeah, I think Terry missed the chance. Then Terry, um, in fairness to him, that was his league debut. So it was his league debut away at um, Derby under you know, very, very tough circumstances. So Terry comes on, he misses the chance, he doesn't put his head down because he goes again and um, I think he sets the goal up. So Terry makes that run again, sets the goal up and, and the over, overwhelming feeling of the fact that it was just fully deserved at, at that point and again for Colby to, to come and, and take the battering that he did and, and score his goal, yeah, absolutely superb. Do you need to be more ruthless when you're playing like that? Yeah, there's two things. We need to start games better. We were sloppy in the first half. I just spoke to someone like Alex Robertson there who I thought looked relatively unplayable in the second half, if you can look relatively unplayable. And in the first half, I, I didn't see that. And I, I saw a sort of different... <laughs> yeah, I saw something else from a few of the players. And I didn't have to say a huge amount at half-time because I came in and the players had already said it. We're just a bit sloppy in possession. Defensively, pretty good. Um, you know, Waghorn and Washington caused us a couple of problems running in behind. But once we got to grips with that... Everything was, was was sound. I thought we had the best chance in the first half with, with Colby shot in the box. Um, we had the majority of the chances in the in the second half again, Paddy cutting in a couple of goal mouse scrambles. Um, so yeah, we need to be more ruthless in the second half, definitely. And also, um, yeah, we do need to start games a bit better and not wait for things to happen. Um, it's a real that's obviously my problem that I've got to address, but you know, we'll um, we'll keep working on it. And but Injury to Christian Sadie, what's the situation with him? Yeah, so Christian uh, took a knock in training back on Saturday, so he hadn't trained since Saturday. Uh, it was touch and go with, with Chris, but he hadn't actually uh, done anything at anywhere above 50% leading up into the game today. Uh, and what we didn't want to do is have him on the bench. Uh, in those circumstances, I probably would have brought him on. And if we'd have risked something a bit longer term, um, that's the sort of thing that we are really trying to cut out. So the advice from uh, from Steve was that he shouldn't be involved. And the best thing to do is to get him prepped for Tuesday. So um, I think you can see him out on the pitch behind me. He's doing the running, so nothing uh, too severe. I'm not lying about that. <laughs> uh, he, he should be fit for Tuesday. Uh, what was the injury? Uh, he felt his hamstring, and uh, but it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a tear. He had a scan on it. It was just um, neural. So I just believe the physios, whatever they tell me. Mm. A positive end to John Messino's post-match assessment there with BBC Radio Solent's Andy Moon after the one-all draw with Derby County at Pride Park. Uh, Brenton Tutty and Andy Mitchmore alongside us this evening. Andy, um, Messino mentions there we've, we've gone through the, the penalty incident, but now the Alex Robertson yellow card. He received it after. He was really sort of begging the referee, Rebecca Welch, to, to dish out the yellow card to the opposing Derby County midfielder for the foul on him. Um, OK, the, the new laws of the game, yes, if you are trying to get an opposing player booked, it is a booking in itself. That is fair enough, Andy. But do you think it's actually unjustified that the actual committer of the foul wasn't even booked for it? Yeah, I think it it was a booking. It's as simple as that. I don't I don't really know what to add to, to what was just said in that interview. To be honest with you, I agree with it. The the asking for a yellow card and you know doing that uh, a hand gesture for a card, etc. That is now a booking, yeah. but that's a completely separate incident from the foul. So either the referee doesn't think that's a booking, which seems very strange to me, or the referee changed her decision based on 
Robertson reaction and decided to punish him instead, which I, I'd like to you know, give the benefit of the doubt and say that that wouldn't be the likely option. No. So you'd think it's the first option and she didn't think it was a booking, which I mean, I know we're a bit of a distance away in the stands, but I can't really see how she's come to that decision yeah. relative to some of the other fouls and, and yellows that are given in the game in terms of consistency. Mm. And um, re- regardless of, of sort of the yellow card to Alex Robertson, Andy, you mentioned there, it's not a, a, a decision that really should influence the original foul. Is it? If, if that is the reason for Rebecca Welch not giving the yellow card to the Derby County player, then either the rules need changing if that's going to override it. If, if an opposing player is going to gesture for the opposition being booked and that then <laughs> therefore overrides the yellow card, which I'm sure it doesn't, but if it does, that needs to be looked at. And or you really need to talk about really, Andy, as you just mentioned there, it's just a poor decision from Rebecca Welch not to book the player originally because it, it, it was a yellow card. And I think I think John Messina was maybe hinting at a possible red for it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's at least a booking. And I think it's that inconsistency that has, it was a bit frustrating in terms of the decision making throughout the afternoon. I don't actually think, How often in do my we say opinion, that? I don't think she had such a bad game. <laughs> As Messina has said, and as some fans I think have pointed out on social media, thought she had an absolute horror show of a game. I didn't think she did, other than the amount that was given against Colby Bishop when he was being yeah. fouled, particularly in the first half. But um, yeah, in terms of this decision, I'm sure it's not that the um, asking for a yellow overrided the foul. No. She just didn't think it was a yellow card, which yeah. again, it's just inconsistent. <laughs> exactly. Refereeing even within a game, yeah. never mind between games, which is is a bit galling, really. And it, and it's something we we'll talk about, isn't it, Brendan? Week in week out, it's it's not just inclusive to to Rebecca Welch. It is almost every single match where the inconsistencies do lie with the officiating uh, in League One, League Two, Championship, Premier League. No matter what really league y- you look at, um, but one of the most frustrating things as a Pompey fan, Brendan, and it's not just really with Colby Bishop. It is down the years with the like of Michael Smith, Ollie Hawkins as well. You get your tall, intimidating or big or really impactful strikers as they have been. They're getting pushed and pulled. They're getting their shirts tugged and ripped off of them. And they aren't getting the fouls given or awarded for them. But as soon as Colby Bishop backs into a defender, suddenly it's a free kick. That Where do you lie with that? Do you think that's right? Or, or do you think that maybe strikers need to be offered a little bit more protect, protection of those instances? Well, it, it sort of goes along the lines of um, of the old goalkeepers at corners and stuff, and keepers being protected. I think a lot of them are overprotected, you know. But yeah, I think sometimes Colby doesn't do himself any justice. I think sometimes when the, the, the def- we all mention the defenders are resting and grabbing him, you, you, like when I sit in the north stand, um, you know, in the north lower, I see Bishop with his arms behind his back grabbing the defender. <laughs> so a lot of times the referees will see. Then, yes, they're grabbing and wrestling with Bishop. But at the same time, Bishop's got a handful of them. So mm. if, and a lot of times, I see when we play the long ball to him, he'll rather lean into the defender rather than trying to play the ball. So I'm, I'm not, obviously, Bishop plays his game. You know, there's a reason why he's a professional footballer, you know, and I can't get a game on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it, I noticed this, and I think sometimes I'd rather Bishop just try and play the ball mm. rather than trying to. Uh, fight off your defender because then if you're looked to be playing the ball yeah. the referees will be more inclined to giving you the foul because if, if you're not noticing the defender and they're grabbing all of you you're going to get the foul because you know because yeah. you're trying to play the ball and they're trying to play you 
Uh, we do have a tweet in now um, on, of course, Twitter. Um, it is from Darren, who says, with Regan Paul booked Saturday, is about his fifth booking and what game will he miss? Uh, Darren, no, it's not his fifth booking. I'm, I'm pleased to say um, Regan Paul has, I say only, been booked on four occasions this season. Yellow card against Bristol Rovers on the opening day, followed by uh, another yellow against Exeter City at Fratton Park, one against Peterborough just over a fortnight ago, and then, of course, the fourth one on Saturday at Way at Derby County. So one more yellow card for Regan Paul, whenever that may be, will then incur a one-game suspension. Of course, there is a cut-off at some stage. I believe it's around about Christmas time. Um, so if, if Regan Paul could just go without a booking in the league between now and Christmas, that would be fantastic if you're listening Regan thank you very much right in the third and final part of tonight's show the three of us will be returning to look ahead to tomorrow's rescheduled trip to Oakwell Kirsty Roxanne provides a closer look into the Barnsley team that awaits Pompey and we'll take a listen to the post-match thoughts of Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler after his side's emphatic win at Chatham Town I just thought we were able just to assert our dominance on the game early and then when the space is open we play vertically we play through the lines and we were brave and we took risks and like I said, when we lost the ball, we were able to get good numbers around it and we were well connected out of possession. The third and final part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour is coming up next. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift, or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the final time this evening to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this campaign by Stagecoach across the South. So far, myself, Jake Smith, alongside Andy Mitchellmore and Brendan Tutty have gone over the events of Pompey's one-all draw with Derby County at Pride Park on Saturday afternoon, a result which puts Pompey sixth in the Skybet League One standings after seven matches, three wins and four draws, 13 points on the board and extending their unbeaten record in the league over the course of this season and the tail end of the 2022-23 campaign to 18 matches, extending a club record of unbeaten matches in Football League action. Right, away from the men's side of things now, we're going to come on to preview tomorrow night's trip to Barnsley in just a few moments' time. But now it's uh, time to reflect on a fantastic weekend also for the Portsmouth women. Now, last Sunday, they suffered their first defeat of a new campaign after a 1-0 loss away at Hashtag United. Again, Jay Sadler believed his side really should have taken their chances in and deserved more from. However, a defeat it was for Pompey. Yesterday afternoon, they travelled to Chatham Town and they had a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They wanted a reaction from the previous week's defeat. And, my God, they got a reaction, did they so? 
for Pompey women running out 8-0 victors away at Chatton Town yesterday afternoon. Goals from Georgie Freeland, a, a brace from her in the first half, Emma Jones as well. Uh, Danny Lane with a uh, brace as well. Beth Lumsden with a fantastic strike in the second half, followed by an Emily Pitt Pittman goal in the 89th minute and an own goal in the 94th minute. Uh, an 8-0 victory for the Pompey women. Some emphatic scorelines for the Blues this season's, uh, season as well. 7-0 victory over Swansea in pre-season. Um, on the opening day, they beat Cheltenham Town by five goals to nil. An 11-0 win over Ashford Town in the National League Cup was followed by a 9-0 victory over Cardiff City. And of course, yesterday's 8-0 win over Chatham Town. And after the match, Jay Sadler caught up with Max Swatton. Well, Jay, you asked for a reaction. What did you make of that? Yeah, I think um, that was a real good reaction. Um, obviously, really impressed with how we utilised the football today, um, but more so, I was happy with our spaces um, between our units out of possession. I thought we were aggressive on the press. Um, I thought we nullified um, any counter-attacking opportunities Chatham had. Um, and because of that, we gained a lot of territory. And, and then when the spaces opened, um, we exploited them. Um, thought the first goal was superb. Out to a movement by G. Um, she was a, a live wire all game in that, in that right wing role. Um, and I just thought we were able just to uh, assert our dominance on the game early. Um, and then when the spaces opened, we, we played vertically. We played through the lines. And we were brave and we took risks. And like I said, when, when we lost the ball, we were able to get good numbers around it and we were well connected out of possession. You made four changes to the starting eleven. What did you make of their performances? Thought all four that came in um, and the seven that started were, were obviously terrific today. We wanted a reaction, um, but also we'd highlighted a few tactical things that we wanted to change. We wanted to own the ball a little bit more today. So we went with a makeup of, of inverted fullbacks um, to create a box um, overload so we could play vertically through. And then it was about exploiting 1v1s in wide areas. And, and when we were in there, timing and arrival of movement, Danny Lane picking up a goal on, on the penalty spot. So it's really good to see some of the things that we've spoken about and worked about transfer into the game and, and obviously um, reward with some success. Does that show what the team are capable of when, when the focus is just on ourselves? 100%. Um, and I think we were a little bit shine, a little bit off. Hashtag, and when you give any team in this league... Um, a yard or, or you give them a, an extra second they can punish you today we didn't we were able to nullify the spaces and what I was really happy with was not only the aggression in the presser um, but also the supporting players they were locking on we were crunching the pitch we were squeezing the pitch and we gave them no space and when we when we give teams no space they can't impose themselves on us and we said that last last week sorry we we probably allowed hashtag to impose themselves on us and that's not us that's not who we are we need to be a team that asserts our physicality on them wins first ball wins second balls and and then, like I said, the spaces will open and we can play through. And I thought the way we um, exploited and, and utilised the half spaces today with Ali Hall, who I think ran the show today, from being honest, I think she was able to get on the back foot and, and open up and, and play forward. It was superb. There we go then, the post-match assessment of head coach Jay Sadler after the Pompey women's 8-0 victory over Chatham Town on Sunday afternoon. A result which puts Pompey fourth in the table after four matches, three victories and one defeat. A goal difference of plus 21 after 22 scored and only one conceded. Nine points on the board now for the Pompey women who have a game in hand on the three sides above them. Rugby and Ipswich with 12 points apiece and hashtag United top of the tree. Five wins from five with 15 points. Uh, next up for the Pompey women they host Oxford United at Wesley Park next Sunday afternoon so get yourself down to Haven to Waterloo Fields ground for that one right next up for the Pompey men then a trip to Oakwell where Barnsley await Kirsty Roxanne has more on the opposition 
After a 95th-minute equaliser from Colby Bishop saw the Blues gain a point at Derby County on Saturday, we're back on the road again for a midweek fixture up north in Barnsley. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. After extending their unbeaten league run to 18 games at the weekend, match day eight is just around the corner. A postponed match due to international call-ups sees John Massino's side head to Oakwell Stadium for a midweek clash for a second consecutive season. This game was originally penciled in for September the 9th. Let's find out a bit more about the Tykes. Manager. 40-year-old Neil Collins is at the helm for the Tykes. Collins is a former Scotland under-21s and Scotland B international who played as a centre-back and started his professional career with Queen's Park before moving to Dumbarton. In 2004, Collins transferred to Sunderland but failed to make the first team. After loan moves to Hartlepool United and Sheffield United, he was loaned to Wolverhampton Wanderers where he signed a permanent deal in 2007. Following Wolves' promotion to the Premier League, Collins went out on loan again and this time to Preston North End. He signed with them in 2010 but quickly moved to Leeds United with whom he won promotion to the Championship later that same year. Collins soon returned to Sheffield United where he made over 100 appearances before going out on loan to Port Vale. He then moved to America to play for the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which was where he ended his 18-year playing career. He had scored 35 goals in 583 League and Cup appearances in total. Collins took his first post in management in 2018 when he transitioned from player to head coach at the Tampa Bay Rowdies. In July of this year, Collins returned to England when he was appointed head coach of Barnsley on a two-year deal. One to watch. 23-year-old midfielder Josh Benson is one to keep an eye on this time around. Benson, who wears a number 10 shirt for the Tykes, signed from Burnley on an undercoast fee during the summer transfer window of 2021. He scored the first of his five Barnsley goals in a Carabao Cup first-round win over Middlesbrough last season. The former Arsenal youngster went on to score four more goals across all competitions last season, recording 43 appearances. It was with the Clarets for Burnsley where Benson first caught the attention of rival football league clubs, featuring six times in the Premier League during the 2020-21 campaign. Benson returned to injury two matches ago, managing 90 minutes in a Papa John's Trophy tie against Grimsby a fortnight ago, before coming on as a late sub against Burton Albion on Saturday. Top scorer. Barnsley's current top goal scorer is Devente Cole, who so far has eight league goals to his name. The 28-year-old who wears the number 44 shirt started his season off with a hat-trick on the opening day against Port Vale. Cole first played for Barnsley during a loan spell from Manchester City in 2014-15 scoring his first goal for the club in only his second appearance in a 4-1 home win over Gillingham. After playing for Bradford City, Fleetwood Town, Wigan Athletic, Doncaster Rovers and Motherwell, with loan spells at MK Dons, Burton Albion and Motherwell sandwiched in between, Cole returned to Oakwell on a three-year contract in 2021. Current form. Barnsley are currently sitting fifth at the League One table, leapfrogging the Blues at the weekend, who dropped one place down to sixth. On the opening day, Barnsley oversaw a 7-0 victory over Port Vale, the biggest opening day defeat for any team in the EFL since the 1962-63 season over 60 years ago. Since then, the Tykes have won three, drawn one and have been defeated twice. Last season saw Barnsley lose out on promotion to the Championship after a 1-0 defeat against Sheffield Wednesday in the playoff final. After Josh Windass scored a last-gas winner in extra time at Wembley. With just one position and goal difference separating the two sides, who will come out on top in this encounter? All of the Amispo action on Pompey Live. Kirsty.
get ahead of myself there. Kirsty Roxanne, thank you very much for that assessment into Barnsley, tomorrow's opponents for Pompey at Oakwell. Dave Byrne on the emails, good evening to you, says much, much better from the team on Saturday and the performance deserved three points, not just for one. You only need to see the penalty incident once to see, but it should have never been given. Yes, it hit Regan's hand, but only after it deflected up from his knee. Additionally, the ball wasn't an on-target effort and that was then diverted away from goal. It was not hand to ball and there wasn't a single white shirt in sight, which Paul's intervention stopped it reaching. Fair point. Thank you very much, Dave. A good referee would never have awarded it. Anyway, excellent team performance and very relieved Zach Swanson was able to play after picking up up what had looked like a match-ending injury. It would be awful to see his momentum disrupted again, especially as he's playing so well. At least a draw at Barnsley, but forever hopeful we can grab all three points to play out Pompey Dave on the emails. And a very good point very quickly there, Brendan. Zach Swanson um, coming in for the suspended Joe Rafferty. He returns tomorrow after his free game ban following a straight red at Stevenage at the end of August. He, of course, missed the Peterborough doublehead and the Carabao Cup and the league and have been Saturday's trip to Derby. Given Zach Swanson's sort of spell in the team, do you think he deserves to retain his spot tomorrow with Joe Rafferty returning? Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's definitely a headache for, for Messina. Um, uh, yeah, I think Swanson put in a man of the match performance and I think Neil Allen put that in the paper to, mm. put in the paper today. He got, his, got a nine and uh, I definitely valid. You know, he made a lot of crucial interceptions and tackles at the back um, to sort of keep, keep the score down or keep it a nil-nil at yeah. the time. Um, oh, I, I'd like to see Swanson actually play a bit further forward yeah. as a right winger and put slide Rafferty in at right back. So I think Rafferty's more secure at the back and Swanson's a bit more direct as a as a winger, I think. Yeah, And just really, really quickly, Andy, Joe Burrell returning also from suspension, one game bound for him. Um, with Alex Robertson spelling the team very, very quickly, do you think Joe Burrell or Alex Robertson tomorrow night? Purely because I think the game is more likely to be similar to Derby than it was Peterborough. I am going to be starting Robertson, I think. If it was a similar game to Peterborough at home, I'd bring Morel back in, but yeah. Lovely stuff. Right, all important score predictions now then. Andy Mitchmore, what do you reckon? Pompey away at Barnsley. I'm going for a one-all draw, I think, realistically. And I I think it would be a good result come the end of the season. So yeah, one-all. Awesome, thank you very much, Andy. Brendan, you've got about three seconds. Score prediction, please, very quick. Yeah, Drawsmith FC is going to be one all again. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Right, you can catch all of the unmissable action as Pompey take on Barnsley away from home tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock here on Express. All the unmissable action. This is... Live. The Blues had to dig deep to maintain their unbeaten start away at Derby on Saturday. And this time Bishop won't miss! And Portsmouth will get the point they deserve at Pride Park! Next up, it's 5th versus 6th under the floodlights at Oakwell. Midweek trip to Barnsley awaits for Pompey. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow evening from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, that's right. The Dream Team, myself and Connor Mosley, will be returning with Pompey Live on your radios tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock live from Oakwell. The two of us will be up in Barnsley to bring you all the action of Pompey's eighth fixture in League One for the 2023-24 campaign. Looking to remain unbeaten and potentially go top of the League One standings with a victory over the Tykes. Right, Big, big thank you to everybody who got in touch on the show this evening, to everyone who listened to tonight's instalment of the Football Hour, to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another campaign of the show, and of course to our two studio guests here this evening. Andy Mitchamore, it has been a pleasure to have you back on the show, my friend. Cheers, Jake. Yeah, always a pleasure, buddy. See you around in person soon, I hope. 
Very hopeful of that as well. Thank you very much, Andy Mitchell, Brendan Tuttiet as well. Thank you very much for your contributions tonight, and I'm sure we will hear from you again very, very soon, my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Jake. It's nice to hear from Andy as well. Have a good week, both. Cheers to you both. Right, I can say then, Pompey Live back tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock as Pompey take on Barnsley. The Soft Rock Show with Jeff and Aid follows us here on Express FM right after the 7 o'clock news. I'll be back with the Football Hour this Friday night, the same time of 6 o'clock. We'll be previewing Pompey's home match against Lincoln City on Saturday afternoon. But until then, Blues fans, thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been a pleasure as always. Take care and good night. Play up, Pompey.